Hey there, fabulous teacher. Have you been wondering how to make writing time in your classroom more effective for your students? Do you want your students to love writing time? If so, I think it's time for you and I to start transforming your writing instruction. I'm Melissa Morrison, and I have a passion for helping teachers to feel confident in teaching writing and help them grow successful writers. I've worked with numerous teachers to guide them through this transformation, and in this podcast, I bring you the practical strategies you need to make writing the best time of your day. Let's get going. Hey there, teacher. I am so glad you are back today. Thank you for coming and listening. And we have a special guest. I'm very excited. I've been, um, we've been trying to connect for a little while now, and I know that it's going to be so helpful to talk to her about writing instruction. Um, She serves a very big need in education. So we have Miss Arisa Woods. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We've been trying and I'm just, I'm glad it all worked out for yes. today. It's hard when you have busy people. You know, (laughs) you are one of those busy people. So I'm glad that you took time um, for me and for the listeners here. We're so glad to have you. So, so yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about what you are doing, what you do? Tell us about you. Sure. Uh, My name's Risa Woods. I am um, a second generation immigrant. So my father's from Iran. My mom was is American. Um, was raised in a multicultural household. I've been in education for um, over 11 years, primarily in the field of English language development. So um, I have my master's of arts in teaching in TESOL, teaching English as a second language. Um, I have a master's of language and literacy with an ELL emphasis. Um, but primarily what I do is I, I, my mission, my goal is to support general education teachers. So being an ELL teacher, it did not take me long until I realized um, that there was a huge need, that there were so many general education teachers that were um, overwhelmed, that were feeling just um, frustrated or flustered when they had uh, multilingual learners in their classroom. They didn't know what to do. Um, I, you know in my first few years of teaching, it would make me frustrated that they didn't know what to do until I realized that there wasn't a lot of training that a lot of these teachers um, didn't have support that maybe they would get a PD here or there, or maybe a Uh class they took. Um, But it just, it it really broke my heart. And I just, I felt just the injustice of that and felt like this wasn't right. Um, So in 2022, I created, I started my own, um, consulting company and I lead professional developments. I'm still um, in the classroom. I'm an ELL teacher. Um, But uh, this last year, I really focused on what general education teachers need and um, had an Instagram. I try to give uh, bite-sized professional development um, just to support teachers because being a teacher is hard. It shouldn't be any harder. Mm -hmm. Um, And so yeah, that's kind of who I am and what I what I'm passionate about. Amazing. Thank you very much for sharing. And I can definitely attest to the fact if anyone has not seen your things on Instagram that you do provide very um, you know, easy to use and implement and, you know, just kind of a few things at a time or one thing at a time that's really helpful. And I think even just hearing some of those um small pieces of information are still very um 
knowledge building and helpful for sure. So thank you for that because I've learned a few things already. And that's why I wanted to have you here um, so that you could help us even more, um, especially when it comes to writing instruction. But I certainly agree that um, just like so many other things to teach our teachers are not provided the training Mm -hmm. and understanding um, Mm -hmm. that they need for the students who come to us who are learning our, you know, the English language. um, and who are speaking a language that we don't speak. Right. And it's it's hard for both parties, obviously, but we're there for mm-hmm. the students. And we want to make sure that we're providing not only that safe and, and happy environment for mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. but also the instruction that they need, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, where I taught for most of my time, um, we were a, um, we were a school who we had a high, I would say, um, Hispanic population, but we mm-hmm. did have students coming in with other languages, but we had, I'm not sure it, as a, a yellow teacher, how it works for you, but I know in our school and not in many other schools, we have, self, we had self-contained English mm-hmm. language learner classrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not only those teachers in those classes in our school who had students coming who were mm-hmm. multilingual language learners because um, whether I don't I don't know if they didn't test into it or even when they transitioned out, mm-hmm. um, there were still things I needed to do as a teacher to support, support. them, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel equipped to do that for sure. Um, so you know, I've definitely learned a few things over the years, but I, I find that it's still very much the case when I go into classrooms mm-hmm. that teachers say, oh my goodness, I just got mm-hmm. a student. Um, mm-hmm. They speak Portuguese mm-hmm. and I, I don't, I speak, don't speak Portuguese. <laughs> and I don't like to teach a student. And we can't yeah. speak to each other. Um, right. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's right. so prevalent and so difficult. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that is one of the questions I get as an ELL teacher. It's like, well, what languages do you speak? I'm like, well, I'm conversational in Spanish, but I've got probably 13 languages in here. Right. I'm not a polyglot. I would be working for the UN, not for <laughs> public school. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a huge, huge question. Um, and I think it deserves the attention. And I try to kind of um, use my Instagram as a platform to answer the question of yes. what do you do? You yes. don't speak that language. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Amazing. And so if you, is there something that you would like to share as your, a guiding philosophy or principles that you um, stand by and that are, are something that teachers need to know and understand? Yeah, I think um, through the writing lens, obviously we believe everyone's a writer. Um, Mm -hmm. We believe everyone has a story to tell. Um, What the extension I would say is, um, everyone's story will be different and there are pieces of their story that um, they connect to that maybe you won't be able to connect to and Mm -hmm. that's okay. Mm -hmm. And also um, that we should be able to use all of our linguistic resources to tell that story. So um, we can get into this more later, Mm -hmm. but um, just, you know, if a student has English and Spanish using those um, linguistic resources to tell that story. Um, I think it's huge. And, and just overall that um, students shouldn't have to leave themselves at the door, like their identities, mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. full identity should be welcomed in our spaces. And it can be hard if you don't understand that identity, but um, 
yeah, just just making sure that we create spaces where all identities can be welcomed and, and nurtured and cherished, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I actually watched a reel of yours today that was it was about the time um mm-hmm. and the time t- the time telling and and he said oh well it's still in the three and mm-hmm. um <laughs> and then how you know how you it really to me what I took from that is that there are so many things to know and understand about other cultures mm-hmm. um and not not that and this isn't what you were saying obviously but not that you have to know all of those things. Mm-hmm especially in the beginning, but you do have to be open to the fact that there are things that are different that you don't Mm -hmm. know, you know, and to always have that like inquisitive, curious, um, open mindset. Right. And not as with anything, I guess, pass judgment or decide on your own that this is what this means, you know, or this is what that means. Right. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's just taking the values of a teacher, the compassion, the curiosity that we have, you know, if a kid punches someone in my classroom, another kid, like, of Mm -hmm. course there are going to be consequences, but I'm still going to be curious. Like what is going on with that student? I want to know what's going on. Right. So it's having curiosity and also boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, in the real, for those who haven't seen it, I was just saying that time, the way that, that people view time is different in different cultures. Mm -hmm. So the Western world, especially in the United States, like we're very driven by time. So if something's at 530, it's got to be at 530 or 10 minutes before mm-hmm. versus other cultures aren't like that. Mm-hmm. And to say, you know, if someone is late for the real set, if someone, a parent's late for an IEP meeting, you know, instead of immediately jumping to, they don't care having curiosity. Um, and I think as we interact more with students of other cultures, just continuing that curiosity and that compassion mm-hmm. um, as, as we learn about their culture. Cause you're right. Like there are things I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's an example that just happened yesterday. Um, one of my kids like whack hits him, hits another boy on the back of the neck yesterday. And I was like, what was that mm-hmm. for? <laughs> like what in the world just mm-hmm. happened? Like these are two pretty good students. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Oh, he got a haircut. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to meet this with curiosity. Like, right. Uh, um, tell me more. You know, what, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> you know, my first thought was like, what? And he's like, yeah. And in our culture, um, and this is, I actually, they're from two different Hispanic countries, but they're like, yeah, this is all Latin America. Mm. Whenever a boy gets a new haircut, you smack him on the back of the head. On oh the back goodness. of the head. I've never heard that before. And I've right. been teaching, you know, for over 11 right. years. It's like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that sounds like a really great practice. Let's not do that at school though, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we don't, we can't hit each other. Right. But right, you know, right. maybe there's another way to celebrate that he got a new yes. haircut, <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's the compassion plus obviously boundaries if there are things that need to be addressed. But um, anyway, yeah. And it's just curiosity. If you don't know, I don't know everything, but I'm learning as I have these students, I'm learning more and more on what their cultures are. I ask questions. I, mm-hmm. I talk to parents. I do some research. Like mm-hmm. I, I try to be a lifelong learner of these cultures and of these kids. Mm-hmm. So it's what it's what you're doing, teachers. It's what you're doing in other aspects, but you're just mm-hmm. transferring the skills of like curiosity, of knowing right. your learner. Right. And right. kind of pushing it a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's so important 
all the time, but in writing, especially when you think about trying to help writers mm-hmm. become writers and think about how they can use their life in order right. to write. And so yeah. then you're, you know, I'm always wanting teachers to ask questions of their students because of that and get to know them because of that. And right. so that's just one more way. And, you know, it's pretty easy, I think, for us to, we you know, we have a student, they come from a country, we can go up and look, what are some cultures of this country? Right. You know, and, and kind of get to know, and it's great for, for all of us really to kind of get an idea of, of things like that time that you might not right. consider um, or think about. So it's just so, so, um, respectful, but care, you know, caring mm-hmm. for the student just to get to know them. So thank you for sharing, for sharing that. Hey there, teacher. Thank you so much for listening. It warms my heart to know that there are teachers out there who may be feeling a little bit better about writing because of the podcast. So I'm here to ask you a quick favor. If you have not already, I would absolutely love it and be forever grateful if you were able to go on to where you are listening to the podcast to um, write a review or even just give a star rating, hopefully a good one. Um, And if you are able to do so and then take a screenshot of the review and send it to me, I am offering a half an hour free coaching session all about writing instruction as much as we can talk about. So um, if you feel so inclined, I would really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Let's start with a student who is speaking and writing in their language. Mm-hmm. Um, and what would you say is one kind of general, I don't know, idea or ways to help or just to kind of be able to communicate, um, mm-hmm. I guess we can kind of start there with what are some some easier general ways to try to communicate with this student? I always I always say the um, flight attendant rules. Mm-hmm. That's how I communicate with my students. Um, like if flight attendants are able to safely like bring people from one country and up to another without you know a billion languages in their in their mm-hmm. vicinity. Like, how are they able to do it? Okay, mm-hmm. so they slow down their speech. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. So I enunciate. I'm going to slow my speech. I'm going to use much more, um, I'm going to use shorter sentences. So instead of, hey, guys, okay, I'm going to have you grab your notebook. I'm going to say, get your notebook, put it on the desk. So mm-hmm. kind of using that shorter sentences. Um, and then gestures, like gestures are huge um for okay so get your obviously the people listening can't see mm-hmm. me like, <laughs> i can see you know? yeah. yeah but get your notebook mm-hmm. okay so i like make a make a sign of a notebook and then mm-hmm. like okay get your pencil and mm-hmm. and you know just an example yeah um um yeah pictures go a long way um mm-hmm. of teaching students making things um real real life um, as much as possible, try to make the abstract concrete. So if you're, if you're teaching something that's a little bit more abstract, how can you make it concrete? Here's an example of today. What I did, I was teaching slope to a student. So in mm-hmm. math, you're the slope of a line. Mm-hmm. And so I just took a piece of masking tape and kind of moved it around and saw them. Sorry, I'm using my gesture. It's okay. It's <laughs> I moved okay. it around to see, okay, this is a positive slope. This is a negative slope. And using just uh, manipulatives mm-hmm. 
to kind of make things more real life. Um, yeah, let's see. Those are my top ones. Okay. Um, and yeah, where, I, where my, what comes to me and it's like, what role do you feel translation tools should come into play? Yeah. I rarely use translation tools, um, in my classroom. Mm -hmm. Uh, I use them. That's a good question. So I, it's kind of a, a dance mm -hmm. more, it's more of an art than a science for translation. Mm -hmm. tools. Um, I would say if you see yourself translating every single assignment, it's probably you probably need to pull back a little bit mm -hmm. um translation tools are probably like the dessert of the meal if you will like yeah they're great every once in a while but like if you eat them every day it's probably just gonna be garbage um so i use them like to if i'm using a vocabulary word actually i used it today um so slope i used um slope and i define slope in um in english with a really simple definition and then I allowed them to use Google Translate with that definition to translate that definition, mm -hmm. um, which they can translate the word, but they probably don't have the academic background for that word to mm -hmm. be like, oh, slope in Spanish or slope in Somali. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I allowed them to translate that to their home language. Um, but I rarely use translation tools um, just because they can be um, inaccurate. Mm. Um, we also like want to build a bridge to English. Like mm -hmm. we want them to be bilingual. We want them to be biliterate. Um, so as much as possible, I try to build that bridge to English. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I am. I am surprised by that answer. Um, I, and I, I don't have a whole lot of experience. I just know that that would be my first instinct. Yeah. And I, I think it's one of those things that it, it's um, survival, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't know what to do, then, then yes, by all mm -hmm. means do it. Mm -hmm. um, but once you start getting more strategies, which kind of what mm -hmm. my, my Instagram, my mm -hmm. platform's all about, mm -hmm. um, I hope you kind of like pull back. If anything, it's like a scaffold, like right. for the teacher, like, Hey, I'm struggling. I have no idea what to do. I've got 30 kids. Six of them have IEPs. I have two students have no English. Like, translation tool okay mm -hmm. um but using that long term is probably not the best but okay if you're in survival mode you have a newcomer they can read and write english or it's in their home language mm -hmm. then great but yeah we just want to kind of build that bridge though using um other strategies okay so Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. I, I think that's great because maybe there are others out there that, that are like me and we're like, wow. And then maybe others were like, duh. I don't think, it's, duh. I think it's, it's very common, mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't have to be the only strategy. Right. Right. That? It's like, it's a tool in the toolbox, but let's mm -hmm. kind of develop other tools. Okay. So awesome. You don't only have to rely on that. Right. Yeah. That's no, that's great. And I, I am a big proponent of using scaffolds as needed and to make yeah. sure you know when you need to use them and why you are using them. Um, right. And so um, I, I guess I think of myself going into a classroom in another country and not knowing anything that's happening and, and, you know, thinking, okay, but I know what you mean about the flight attendant and, and mm -hmm. I, I don't see a lot of teachers doing much um, gesturing or, and things like that, but that's, you know, I can, yeah. And it's easy yeah. and I can imagine, um, and even trying to have students to help with that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. 
but no, I, I, I'm so glad you shared that because it's, yeah. it's, I would not have, would not have guessed it. Hey there, teacher. I hope you've enjoyed hearing from Risa. We will continue with our conversation in next week's episode. Hey again. I am so happy to have had you listen in again today. I would like to ask a little favor. If you're enjoying the podcast, could you take a moment to go wherever it is that you listen and write a review and tell others what you find um, so great about these episodes? I would love to be able to share it with more teachers to help them in their writing instruction, just as hopefully I've been helping you. Thank you so much.